Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have us. Us. Yes, we are going to talk about tropes today. Yes, yes, yes. I love talking tropes. So, uh, but before we do that, what, do you have anything going on this week? Um, well, I had a book bub last week. I was able to get a free deal on the first in the historical series, and that's mm-hmm. the first time that's been free. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time. Um, I did. I updated my categories. Uh-huh. Um, you know how you can add like 10 categories to yeah. The ebook and the print. So I uh-huh. did that for like the first three books in the series, and I kind of ran out of steam. I was like, okay, that's good enough. <laughs> I didn't get them all done, <laughs> but uh, at least I got that started. Yeah. And yeah. then I I optimized back matter and did all that stuff. Oh, that's good. So yeah. as we're recording that, uh, we're recording today on June first, and so it's still free. But by the time this goes out, it should go back to paid. And um, yeah, that's I've got some sales stuff going on. And so I've been working on that. So yeah, and yeah. packing boxes because yeah. we're supposed to close this week on our house. That's but this exciting. Is back, so, yeah, you know. it's exciting. Yeah. Um, so, what about you? Well, I was just we were before we got on. I was saying, oh, my audio book's live, yes. but it's not. It's live tomorrow. <laughs> oh, it's tomorrow. Okay, it's tomorrow, June second. Because I just when you said June first, I was like, wait, oh, today's yeah. June first. Yeah, no, it's then it's tomorrow. Okay, but so that's very exciting. So this is Homecoming King, Homecoming King, narrated by the great Virginia Rose and Aiden Snow, and they are awesome. They are, um, they really bring Cash and Tiger to life, and um, yeah, it's. And you're really happy with it. I'm very happy with it. I'm very very happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. So I did a little headliner thing where uh, headliners a, a program that Sarah uses for the podcast to kind of put on audio clips and I yeah. used it for the the audio book. Um, mm-hmm. It's really easy. It's free. Really, it yeah. is easy. It's a little like I don't know how user friendly it is when you first go in, but if you just play around with it, it's it's pretty easy. Yeah. And, well it's um, super easy if you do it with a podcast because yeah. it auto loads all that stuff. So yeah. I think it's a little more difficult if you do an audiobook. But yeah, it's still it can be done. Yeah. Right. And so that was cool. Um so that's in various places. And yeah, my book that I'm supposed to send to the developmental editor on Saturday, I might actually get to send it to her a little bit early. Like it's going really well and I'm pretty pleased with it. Uh, you know, you never know. And, uh-huh. um, but as I'm going through it, I've, I've been really, really happy about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a little perspective, isn't it? Like yeah. you're in the middle of it and it feels awful and slow yes. and everything. Well, and, and because it done. takes me forever and I, I just, I lose sight of stuff. And mm-hmm. so, um, but now, you know, I'm feeling super um, productive and ambitious <laughs> and I'm thinking maybe I should start the next one, like when, I, when this one goes, because yeah. the characters in the next one play heavily in this book. Um, mm-hmm. So, but 
I haven't, I haven't really decided if I'm going to do that, but um, I'm on vacation next week. So it would be the next week that I did it, but um, yeah. So yeah. I'm, well, I'm really, I'm feeling really good about it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's so good. And yeah. I mean, you can think about it while you're on vacation. And if you still feel like that, when you come back, then, yeah. you know, if, yeah. even if you just get a couple chapters down, it's a start, you know? Right. Right. Exactly. You sort of have, you know, where you're starting from. Um, also today I am the featured author and on the cover of Indie Author Magazine. It's a oh, new cool. magazine uh, that um, several people in the indie community are, um, have put together. It's a great article. Uh, they did a really good job. And, uh, but besides the article about my publishing journey, there's some really good articles about uh, drafting and um, the new Amazon Vela and mm-hmm. um, kind of just, just some other things that are really pertinent to the indie author life so uh everybody should check it out uh okay so it was called indie Indie author Author magazine magazine Mm -hmm. okay yeah actually if you go to my profile Mm -hmm. and i think oh and i posted it in the in our facebook group in the wish i'd known then for writers facebook group but Mm -hmm. there's a link and you have to subscribe i think if you subscribe it's Mm 5.99 a month um but you know last month's was fabulous this month is equally good mm-hmm. i haven't read everything in it this mm-hmm. month but it was really good information cool well that sounds great well yeah. so i'll try and link to that in the show notes and headliner too in case mm-hmm. anybody wants to check that out so yeah mary 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 weather uh wrote the article about me and it, it was just fun talking to her and and yeah it was it was cool so That's very awesome. very humbled uh, and <laughs> My, prof- I mean, I use my headshot, you know, as the photo that I gave them. It's giant. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> we tone that down a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's fine. That is, that is good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All well, right. So let's get into tropes. tropes. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to talk about what they are mm-hmm. and mostly how they're used in romance and mystery, because yes. that's what we know the most. Right. Be applicable because people can, you know, take the, the things we talk about and think about how it applies to their genre. Right. right? Because here's the deal. And, you know, I've, I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times, you need to read in the genre you're writing in. So mm-hmm. if you're reading in the genre you're writing in, then you're going to know the tropes because you're familiar with that genre and mm-hmm. the genre expectations of, you know, of the readers of that genre. So that's yeah. super important. And, um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about trips for us for yeah. right now. Yeah. And I was gonna say this episode is kind of inspired by two things. Yes. One was the interview Jamie did on the Best Book Ever podcast. Yes. Julie. And we'll have a link to that because yes. that was really great. Yeah, Julie Strauss is uh, she hosts the Best Book Ever podcast. And it is such a great podcast because she talks to all kinds of people and they it's all kinds of books. Like I did uh-huh. the hating game as my favorite book or uh-huh. the best book ever, but it's, it's maybe not the best book I've ever read. It is really written really well, but there's just something about that book that resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And that's the same with all of her guests. Mm-hmm. So there's a wide variety of books uh, from Lolita to my hating game to <laughs> uh, Serena Bowen's um, 
uh, I think it's a male-male romance. Maybe it's not. But anyway, there's just a lot, you know, it's a wide variety. And Julie's just a great interviewer. So it's a fun, it's a fun, fun, fun podcast. Yeah. So so I listened to that and that got me thinking about tropes. And it made me think about a podcast I listened to a long time ago on the Creative Pen. And she interviewed uh, Tim Wagner and he's a horror writer. Mm-hmm. But they talked about tropes, and we'll do yeah. this kind of at the end. Like, yeah. he had a bunch of suggestions for how to do fresh twist on tropes. Mm-hmm. So that was the other kind of inspiration for this podcast. Yeah. So yeah. we'll link to all that. But um, I think first, let's read just a definition of what a trope is. Sure. So it's um, a convention or device that establishes a predictable or stereotypical representation of a character setting or scenario in a creative work. So that's from dictionary.com. And I think, I don't know that we would say that these, that we're writing stereotypical things. We're writing things that it's a familiar scenario that people recognize. Right. And it has a whole bunch, I mean, like an infinite amount of possibilities that you can do with a single trope. Correct. 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 And uh, why would you want to use tropes? Uh, It makes it easier for the read to know, the reader to know, um, if they'll like the book, tropes sell, and yes. it makes it easier to write the book. If you're writing to a trope, it it makes it somewhat easier to kind of know um, where you need to go. I mean, you can mm-hmm. like Rockstar is a wake up married in Vegas trope. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a trope, mm-hmm. um, and but I put a spin on it because. Really, then I took it and made it a small town romance. So, you know, you can do things like that. But if you if you know the tropes and you know what readers expect from those tropes, mm-hmm. then it, it's sort of like that. You can break the rule once you know the rule. Yeah, it you know, yeah. sort of thing. I I can't swear that I knew all the rules when I wrote Rockstar because <laughs> that book has about eighty tropes in it. But uh, I didn't want to miss any. <laughs> and, all in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> throw, throw them all against the wall, see which one stuck. But, uh, <laughs> but it uh, still, it makes it a little easier to write the yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah. I think it gives you a framework where you're yes. like, okay, um, I know that it, it's kind of got this shape. The book has a certain shape to it mm-hmm. and you can follow along, but then you can do your own thing. Right. Along the way. There's all that. There's a lot of debate. Uh, people think, you know, like they don't like boundaries, but I think sometimes boundaries make, make you be more creative like if yeah. you know you're writing in this certain type right but what can you do new, new or different right. with that same thing it can it can make your creativity even better i think sometimes yeah i mean it's like romance you know people talk about it being formulaic it's it, it's not necessarily for i mean it is to a degree but but that doesn't mean it's easy i mean do you know how hard it is to be creative and have them you know if you're writing steamy romance uh, mm-hmm. you know yeah make that creative every time you write it and not repetitive yeah. i mean that's really really hard and the people who do it really well my hat is off to them because i don't know i would not necessarily put myself in the category of doing that part really well because yeah i, I that's still really hard for me but the people that do it well the they're some fantastic writers so yeah yeah, I yeah. compared this. I, I talked about this in my cozy course, mm-hmm. the how to outline a cozy mystery. Mm-hmm. And I talked about how, like, you know, the a cozy has a certain uh, 
format things that uh-huh. you go through. But mm-hmm. it's like a house. Like there's a certain way you build a house. You have a roof and walls and floor and yeah. you know, all this stuff. Foundation. How many different designs you can have of yes. a house? It's the same right. way. You you have the same building blocks, but you can put it. You can make it your own. You know. Right. So, right. So yeah, I don't think it's limiting at all. I think it's kind of inspiring. Yeah. yeah. I agree. And then just to touch on real quick again about trope selling. If you have a well-defined trope in your book, you can use that in advertising. You can use that um, in your blurb. You can tropes sell. People know, like they have an idea of what they're going to get with when you say an opposites tract or enemies to lovers, they have an idea. And so even, I mean, it can even make a mediocre blurb sell if mm-hmm. you have, if it's very clear that, that it is a enemies to lover or a rock star or a wake up married in Vegas. I mean, mm-hmm. so just remember that when you're yeah. doing ad copy and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't think I've leaned into that as much as I could. And mm-hmm. I think that like, we're going to talk about like the difference tropes in romance and mystery. And I think romance tropes are really well defined and very specific yes you say yes yeah yeah so i think i have not done that as much in my blurb writing Mm -hmm. and stuff but it's something that i could lean into which Mm -hmm. would be really Mm -hmm. smart yeah yeah so what are some of the typical tropes in romance um so these are sort of in order of of my preferences and and (laughs) i'm sure i've missed some so um you know we'll if anybody has any others pop it in the um, Facebook group because, you know, I haven't covered them all. Um, so forced proximity, love me some forced proximity. <laughs> I, in fact, I think almost all of my books except one have forced proximity. Like I love wow. forced proximity. Yes. Yeah. Uh, enemies to lovers, opposites tracked, second chance, friends to lovers, secret baby or surprise baby, sports, mm-hmm. A wounded hero. I do love a wounded hero. Uh, time travel, rock star, over 40, mm-hmm. male, male, small town, stepbrother, billionaire, alpha hole. So okay. I'm sure that I've missed some, but there, those are, those are some of the. Um, yeah. And I feel like there. And I think like, those are some of the most popular ones. Right yeah. Now. And most well known. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was another one that I thought like um, marriage of convenience. Oh like, yeah. Marriage like, of convenience. But that can be more I have like, Romance or proximity or <laughs> regency. Yes. Well, and and actually in Rockstar, I have um that's a marriage of convenience. Yeah. I mean it's a, they get married. Yeah. Because they both need something. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But and and I see that a lot. And so marriage of convenience, that is a good one. Yeah. So there's I mean, that's a long, long list. Yeah. Yeah. It is. There, yeah, a lot to choose from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to, you want me to go on and talk about yes. one of the, some of the typical tropes in mystery? Yes, let's do that. Okay. So I think uh, the way I think of these is like, there's like the situation setup tropes, like there's, mm-hmm. and mostly these are going to be like for cozy mystery or right. mystery because that's kind of my, what I, my, my jam. Mm-hmm. But um, like in a cozy, it's very common to have somebody who's like down and out and returning home. They're going mm-hmm. back to their small town. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they've been dumped or divorced mm-hmm. and they're kind of starting over. So starting over is a trope. Mm-hmm. And then another big one is um, inheriting a business or a home, like, like 
a lot of times they're going back just to take care, just to put the thing on the market, get rid yes, of it, yes. and then they get all <laughs> involved in the. Or they the, inherit a business they know absolutely nothing yes, about. Yeah, yes. yeah, and that can give a lot of humor. So, mm-hmm. and then um, in the traditional mystery, there's uh, like the wealthy head of a family gathers everybody together and is often mm-hmm. in a remote location, right? And announces that he or she is changing their will, like the right. next day, and then they right. die that night mm-hmm. before. So then mm-hmm. you. You're all set up. And then you've got like just different types of mysteries themselves that have tropes like Mm -hmm. a locked room, a country house mystery, like the isolated setting, Mm -hmm. Um, um, a murder that no one thinks is a murder. Uh, Maybe they think it's a suicide or an accident, a disappearing body, Uh, the how done it, which is like you kind of know who did it, but you're figuring out how they did it or Mm -hmm. the reverse who done it. Like, you know, at the beginning, that's just another name for it. Like, mm-hmm. you know who did it and you're mm-hmm. figuring it out as that kind of backwards. Um, uh, what's the other mystery tropes would be um, the murderer isn't the most obvious suspect. It's always, you know, the least obvious suspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like the strange clue that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. There's the absence of something as a clue or a substitute body. Like right. you, you right. find out, oh, this person isn't really dead. Mm-hmm. Somebody else was dead. And then there's like the common character plot story arcs would be like the discreet sleuth, the uh, consulting detective, the great detective, kind of like Sherlock Holmes. And um, a really common trope uh, story arc would be like the romantic subplot with the sleuth and mm-hmm. the investigating officer romance between them. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, that's very common in mm-hmm. a cozy traditional romance or yeah. traditional mystery. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a big right and and um i i love all of those i think those are um great i have some of my own favorites in that um mm-hmm. i love the uh kind of reverse whodunit mm-hmm. i love that uh there's several books or, or movies that, that are kind of like that and i always get into those those yeah. are great yeah, yeah that- what do you think what would you say are some of the favorites of kind of readers in the in that genre though do you see um well i think like like posy readers in particular love the small town kind Mm -hmm. of going back to the small town starting over Mm -hmm. and i think that like the country house mystery that's one and like the isolated uh remote location Mm -hmm. later on we're going to talk about like that's um that could be like a country house that could be like a ship or a train Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. that could be like a a retirement home, that new book, the, um, Oh, uh, Richard Osman. I can't think of it. It takes the title. It takes place in a retirement home. And that's kind of that forced mm-hmm. small closed circle. Mm-hmm. So like anything like that. So anything on a train, anything on a ship, like I think part of the success of that book, um, the woman in cabin 10 mm-hmm. was people, Ooh, a mystery on a ship. And, mm-hmm. you know, they just, they like the, those settings that they're mm-hmm. closed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's really popular is just, um, and, and then there were none, there's been so many spinoffs of that, like the mm-hmm. island mystery, mystery on an island, you know? Right, 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 right. So, yeah. Right. Now what about paranormal cozies? I know you don't write those, but I mean, are you familiar with what are some of the tropes in those are? Are they they're similar not, or are they? They're, yeah, they're similar. They're, there's a lot that, are very specific to that. Like mm-hmm. there's certain um, aspects of the magic and stuff that mm-hmm. readers, they really want that 
supernatural, but they want it light and not dark and scary. Mm-hmm. They want it light and more fun. Right. And there's a lot of emphasis on the relationships between the characters. And um, I don't know that I could speak to specific tropes. Right. Like, that is it like this. like a portal or something some something like that no, that usually, usually i think usually it's like somebody discovers that they have a power or something and then they've uh, got to figure out you know, how to how use it, works. it. yeah okay. or they or i've like or they go to a certain place and they're like once they're there mm-hmm. they're like oh it brings out something in them that they didn't know they had. Right, 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 so, right. And we talked to um, Amy Boyles. Amy Boyles, yes. Back at the beginning yes. of the podcast. So I'll link to that episode. Yes, that's good. a lot mm-hmm. of tropes for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's way more <laughs> articulate about that than I am. <laughs> well, <laughs> I want to uh, just briefly check. I mean, we are not experts in these genres but i do think that there's some things that are universal like in sci-fi there's mm-hmm. usually the um reluctant captain or mm-hmm. the captain you know who's drunk the, yeah he's ragtag crew right yeah ragtag crew they got to save the universe or they have a beat up ship that's barely working but that ship's got to yeah those are sort of some common tropes in that uh, genre in like urban fantasy, it's usually um, female heroine and it can be one of two ways. Cause I read a lot of urban fantasy, <laughs> either they are the kick, butt heroines that know exactly how to wield their power. And they kind of know more than everybody else. Like I think I'm thinking about the Kate Daniels um, series by Alona Andrews. She mm-hmm. like Kate, Kate knows the score. She knows things that the people, the rest of the people in this world don't know because she's descendant from this um, God basically. And um, so, or because he's, but he was man, but he, he kind of became a God sort of thing. And um, I prefer those. Like there are also urban fantasy books which I do love, like the uh, Fever series by Karen Marie Moaning, where uh, the heroine, she, Mac, she has no clue what's going on. Like she's, she's sort of stepped into this world and she has all this power, but she has no idea what to do with it. And she's constantly making mistakes that put other people at danger or get people killed or, or whatever. And, um, well, I love that series. That is whew, super frustrating sometimes about, you know, that, but so those are two sort of different things, you know, that you, but it's usually a female heroine. They have mm-hmm. the power, uh, the, oh, there's always a baddie, you know, yeah. there's one big baddie that kind of it, either, if it doesn't span the entire series, it is, it spans, a three book arc or a four book mm-hmm. arc or something like that. And then if the series goes on, there's another baddie, you know, so yeah. um, thrillers, usually it's, you know, there's the ticking clock, the there's, ticking clock. Yes. It's like a, a, a huge threat to a huge mm-hmm. number of people, if not yes. like the whole world. Right. Yes. Yes. And yes. You usually know who the bad guy is. Right. And they're trying, the main characters are trying to either stop him or stop whatever. Right. Or her, you know, whatever the bad right. person is trying right. to accomplish. Right. And, and it's like super fast paced. 
right? Yes. Super fast paced or the, uh, the person, usually a guy, usually a hero. Uh, he is, um, you know, he usually has something really bad in his past, you know, something bad or sad. Also the, the person is after them, you know, right. the, the person is like the serial killer is killing a lot of people, but they're also after this guy, the, you know, the investigator, the investigator or whatever. Yeah. 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 So, but, but whatever they are, you, if you're writing in that genre, you need to know what they are. And I right. cannot stress that enough clearly because I've said it multiple times, but um, ad nauseum, but it really is so, <laughs> so, so, so important. I mean, yeah. You know. Yeah. Because once you know what people like, then you can put your own yes stamp on it you know yes 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 yes. and and you're giving readers what you what they want I mean you're going to be way more successful in your genre if you know what the tropes are and the expectations that the readers have about those tropes Mm -hmm. like a wake up married in Vegas um trope is usually one of them freaking out, running away, or, you know, or them having to come to some, well, if you did that, and they all just went, oh, well, we're going to get a divorce, and let's just annul this thing and move on. I mean, that's not the trope. Uh-huh. That's not, that's <laughs> not the expectation. So no. you need to know what they are and what, what the reader loves about them. Mm-hmm. And if you're a reader in that genre, then you know, because you love those things about them. So yeah, anyway, yeah. I've talked about that plenty i don't need so to i was just making a note of i thought of the title of that oh, book good. that i was trying to think of it's called the thursday murder club oh, so that good. was the one yeah. that i and i know people were like yelling at their yes. podcast app yes <laughs> it's such a popular book. get it right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. so let's go through um what are your let's we're going to talk about favorite tropes and then books with those tropes and i don't think we'll have all the links to all these in the yeah. show notes but i mean they're going to be easy to find. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So you go through some of your favorites. Okay. So forced proximity uh, is natural born charmer. One of my favorite books ever by Susan Elizabeth Phillips. It's an older book. I've said that I said this on Julie's podcast, like not just with Susan's books, but with other books written kind of in the eighties and nineties, you know, there's the the stipulation is they're not always completely PC, you know, and, um, There's some things that kind of make you cringe. Just yeah, a little from, bit now, yeah. but but yeah. it, I think that book holds up. I don't. Yeah. That book is not really one of the problem where I find a problem. Um, there, he's um, kind of a, he's a football player healing. He picks up this girl on the side of the road. In fact, the first line of the book is something like, "It's not every day you see a headless beaver walking down the road." <laughs> He's in a beaver costume. Right. So, you know, I mean, it just starts out. It's very fast paced. It's very fun. And they end up li- having to live in this same place. It's, it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> and then also Beach Read, which is by uh, Emily Henry. And it came out, I think it was last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite books last year. And they don't, they're living next door to each other. So um that's not like living in the same house, but they're, they're living next door to but each other. It's like a kind of forced proximity. Yes, it is because yeah, like they can see each other through the window. So you, you know. have interactions with a neighbor that you don't like. Yes. 
that yes. can like really be stressful. Right. And right. they so, have yeah. history. So mm-hmm. that there are other, there are other tropes that play into it. It's a little uh-huh. bit of a second chance, a little, yeah. but pr- forced proximity is probably the biggest one on that. Mm-hmm. Um, then enemies to lovers, the hating game, as I've said by Sally Thorne, the mm-hmm. unhoneymooners by, um, uh, Christina Lauren, and that's also a uh, forced proximity too, mm-hmm. but they're mostly enemies and they, their siblings get married. Mm-hmm. And I think right after or right before they find out that the, it was right before the, the husband is cheating. So the, the siblings who hate each other go on this honeymoon, but they have to pretend to be yeah. the married couple. Yeah. So yeah. That's, yeah. Um, and then the worst best man by um, Lucy score, such a mm-hmm. fine book. Um, it's, you know, they, she hates him. I don't know that he hates her that much, but she really hates him. And then it happened one autumn by Lisa Kleypas. And that is a uh, historical Love uh-huh. that book. One of my favorites. Uh, Opposites Attract, Dreaming of You by Lisa Kleypas and Devil in Winter by Lisa Kleypas. These are all. And then The Be- Beast of Bestwick by Amelia Howard. These are all um, historicals. Love them so much. Wounded Hero, probably one of my favorite books of all time, is Look the Part by Julianne. Mm-hmm. Um, he is just... He has an autistic son, which is really, I think the people that I know that have autistic sons or autistic children have said that this book is written very well to Mm -hmm. that, but it's not about that as much Mm -hmm. as it is his journey, this hero's journey. And with the, the, um, uh, heroin, it's, it's just so good. I laughed. I cried. It's really good. (laughs) Secret baby. Nobody's baby, but mine by. Susan Elizabeth Phillips. And this book is the book that like made me think, oh my gosh, if I could make people feel this way, I think my entire life would be made. Like, you know, she just, it just touched me and and made me laugh in a way I hadn't laughed in forever. Uh, Time Travel, Outlander by Diana Gabaldon. And then Parallel and Intersector, it's a duet by Mm -hmm. uh, Elizabeth O'Rourke. And the cool thing about Parallel and Intersect is it's parallel timelines. It's not like future or it's really, really cool. Uh, Over 40 Romance, love that. Um, And that is Aftercare by L.B. Dunbar. Mm -hmm. And Male Male Romance, uh, Him by Serena Bowen. Mm-hmm. Love that book. It's very angsty. Uh, billionaire romance, which I don't read a lot of these, uh, but Tangled. Um, it is hilarious. It is one of the first books that broke that. What is it? Is it the third wall or the fourth wall where he's where talking, you're talking directly to the audience? Yeah, yeah. it is hilarious. I mean, <laughs> so funny. Such a funny, funny book. Uh, Rockstar, uh, besides my own. Um, Lick by Kylie Scott and Built to Fall by Julia Wolf. And then Small Town, love those because that's what I write. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Kate Canterbury, uh, Kate Canterbury's Talbot Cove series is very good. And then Erica Kelly's Calamity Falls series is very good. Mm -hmm. And then The Grumpy Hero, um, which I didn't put in my 
list, but that's a big one too. Kind of this grumpy grumpster hero is <laughs> the bell and the beard by Kate Canterbury. So those wow. are my, yeah. Okay. So yeah. just so y'all know, Jamie just has all these titles down and she remembered all those authors' names. I'm just so impressed. <laughs> I did write a few of them because I was afraid that I wouldn't remember, but most of them I do. Yeah. Yeah. But the books made a big impression on you. Yeah. So oh easy to remember. Yeah. yeah. I think in the list, I would have to say Natural Born Charmer, The Hating Game, Nobody's Baby But Mine, and Look the Part. Mm-hmm. My favorites by far. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, that is cool. Well, I've been making little notes over here because I was thinking of titles that I was like, oh, I didn't put this on my list. I should mm-hmm. talk about these. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so some of my favorites are, um, like, if we're talking about the country house mystery, the closed circle, mm-hmm. like you're isolated or mm-hmm. alone, like the mysterious Sephiric styles, the body in the library, the bag of the Christie. Yeah. Can't go wrong with her. Hers are classics. And then there's the Flavia Deleuze series. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No, it's I'm like not. got a... Why a character? I mean, it's a, it's a young woman. It, I'm surprised they marketed it to adults. It's mm-hmm. got a character. The main character is like, I can't remember, like ten ish when the book oh, wow. starts. Yeah. Kind of like Enola Holmes. Yeah. But um, so it starts. It's in England, post World War II, and it's got tons of humor in it. But it's uh, got it's got like the highs and the lows, the lights and the darks. Yeah. And it's at this English country home. And so a lot of the stories take place there, you know, trying yeah. to save the home from falling into rack and ruin, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's good, but it's the only series that I know of that, like I read it, my brother read it. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's about like a wide range of people reading it. Uh-huh. You know, it's one of those that kind of broke out a couple of years yeah. ago. And yeah. so, so that was good. Um, and there's this one that I read that kind of started me on this historical series writing thing mm-hmm. called The Affair of the Bloodstained Egg Cozy by James Anderson. And I read it and I thought for sure it was written in the 20s and 30s. And I went and looked it up and it was not. It was written like in the 70s. Oh, wow. And in my mind, I was like, oh, so I feel like by writing stuff set like in the 20s and 30s, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it has a the ability to last longer and to be more mm-hmm. timeless than things right. that are written now. Cause people will assume, you know, they may, they may know, but right. there's just something about that, being able to write about something in history that kind of just started me on that whole, right. wow, what if I wrote something set in 1920? So, right, right, anyway, right. so that one for that. And then uh, murder at the Brightwell by Ashley Weaver is about uh, this group of people that they go to a hotel. It's on the coast of England and there's, you know, murder, but yeah. you would love it because there's this plot line between a woman who she's married mm-hmm. and her and her husband have this kind of difficult relationship where she's not sure if he is like forced proximity. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like they're not sure if she's not sure if he loves her. He's kind of a playboy. Mm-hmm. And so there's like all this romantic tension all oh, throughout cool. and they're trying to yeah. figure out, you know, where they stand and as saw the mystery at the same time. So I like those multi-layered right. plots like that. Then um, I put down murder on a ship or a train, murder on the Orient Express, death on the Nile, classics. Mm-hmm. Don't need to say much more about those. Nope, nope. Um, Night's Train to Memphis is by Elizabeth Peters. It's also set uh, on, uh, on Nile. And it's just one of those, she's one of my favorite authors. Yeah. Love her stuff. Murder on the Flying Scotsman by Carola Dunn is on a train and, you know, like that romance 
of time of train travel. Right. Love that. Mm-hmm. Um, then I put down discrete sleuth because that's one of my favorite like subgenres, and that's like um, uh, the world spineless series by Reese Bowen and the discrete retrieval series by Maya Chance. So it's like women, usually a lot of historical ones, women that are yes. kind of um, they become a sleuth, but they mm-hmm. they're not a police officer, but they're doing it for like the a certain high society set, kind of like right. my series. So right. those kind of were influenced me. So right. But um, the discrete retrieval series is hilarious. And it's got like an odd couple pairing mm-hmm. of this woman whose husband dies and she has no money and all her servants leave, but her cook sticks by her. And so they investigate and they figure out a way to make money by helping this upper crust society in New York. <laughs> and the, uh, the, the, the um, cook is very practical and down to earth. And the other woman is a little more flighty. And so they're just a funny, funny pair to have together. Right, right. So, well, and then I, I wrote. Oh, oh go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. So I wrote down two more things that I was thinking about. Um, like just for the traditional um, contemporary cozy series. Um, I love English Village. That That's mm-hmm. my favorite subgenre. Mm-hmm. So H.Y. Hannah has a series. She has several series now mm-hmm. that in England, she's got a cottage garden series and a Oxford Tea Room series. So mm-hmm. I love that. Um, Agatha Raisin, the books, yes. are great, you know, and yes. the show is great. And then um, Clara Benson, um, she has um, two series. Those are historical, but they are kind of that light country house mystery type of story. And then, um, oh, the other contemporary, Eng- uh, contemporary cozy series that I've read recently and really enjoyed was called the first one is called The Good Byline by uh-huh. Jill Orr. And it's about a woman who she's an obituary writer. And I was like, oh, that's so brilliant. Cause you so know, like brilliant. She's, yeah. yeah. Cause she's got to go talk to these people who yeah. just died. Yeah. And so it's a perfect setup for a cozy mystery. It's a small yeah. town, Southern. That's another big trope is Southern mysteries. Uh-huh. And uh, so that's really good. And then I did think of two more that I don't have down on the list, two more kind of subcategories. I love, there's like a, a gentleman sleuth series yes. or like the aristocratic sleuth uh-huh. um, kind of sub sub genre. And my favorite series in that is an old one. It's called the good thief's guide to, and it has different uh-huh. cities. And so like the first one is to Amsterdam uh-huh. and it's this man that, you know, he's kind of on the shady side of the law, but yeah. you know, he's got a good heart you know, yeah. and he gets involved in a murder because he breaks in somewhere at the wrong time. And, right. And right. So it's a little bit different. So I like that. And then my other favorite, um, or other type of series I like to read is like the ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. So, and it's more like if you've ever watched um, new tricks, it's a mm-hmm, series. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. So like you've got like the person who never wants to be in charge. He's usually been demoted. Yes. And then they're in charge of this unit that they have to be in. And, so, yeah. and then they have like all these people that come together that they all are kind of misfits, like mm-hmm. the uh, ensemble cast of misfits. And I cannot think of the title, but there's one book it's a two books that have been translated from French into English. Uh-huh. It's the same. It's that setup, but it is so well done and is so entertaining. It's funny and it's just got great characters and a great mystery. So I will find that one and put it in the show notes. Yeah. I can't think of the title, yeah. but I love that. That's like, that's one of my favorite types. Right. Right. Well, I was just thinking the discreet sleuth, I, mm-hmm. um, since we had her as a guest, Gail Carriger's the parasol protectorate 
uh, series is very, very good. And it's that kind, and it's a little, it's paranormal steampunk, but um, yeah, no, love those uh, a lot. And um, yeah, I love the, some of the ones you said, because, you know, I do love a good mystery. I love Mm -hmm. it. And I love a, um, I love a private detective PI. I would have to Mm -hmm. say my, one of my favorites is uh, the Robert Gal. Briths, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Cormoran Strike books. Yeah. Those are just so good, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's all the same. You know, they have the tropes. Like mm-hmm. in the Cormoran Strike, he is very down on his luck. Like, yeah, pretty much broke, yeah. and you know, becomes sort of famous. But there's always something bad happening to mm-hmm. him, and yeah, yeah. So. yeah those are tropes, you know, those are, those are not just the way she wrote those. Those are tropes in that yeah. genre. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. The PI, when I was thinking about that earlier, when we were talking about mystery and cozy, we didn't touch on PI, but usually like it's the PI has some dark, sad yes. backstory. And like the cliche is like his partner has been killed, you know? Yes. Yes. And so, you know, you can work with that and make it yes. a little bit different or, you know, change it a little bit. Um, right. Yeah. You can't trust uh, anyone. You got your no. suspects coming to you saying, right. Hey, this is what happened. And then you got everybody's out, lying. Yeah. Really what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, let's talk about twist on tropes. Tell me about, uh, I did not, I don't know. I might have seen this, uh, listen to this podcast. Yeah. It's Creed. been out a while. Yeah, yeah. But I can't remember. So tell me, let's so talk about was, that. So Tim Wagner's gave some different examples and I just thought they were very interesting. It'd be mm-hmm. interesting to talk about. So the first thing he talked about was like, if you take a trope and reverse it. So his Mm -hmm. example was zombies who think they're human. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying to think of a trope, like if we could come up with some examples of tropes that you could reverse and, you know, like, um, do you have any ideas? (laughs) (laughs) I guess like the opposite of small town would be like, you take your protagonist to the city. Yeah. You take a small town person to the city. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that would work like in a cozy though, because cozy readers like that small yes. town, you yeah. know? Yeah. So I don't know if that would work for that. That's but true. I'm sure we could come up with something else. Yeah. But I do love the zombies that think they're uh, humans. There is that, there's a movie and I don't know if it's based on a book, but it's warm bodies and they're, they're zombies. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they think that they, they can't as the, as this relationship, grows mm-hmm. i think she's human mm-hmm. and he he becomes more human as you know um he uh as they get together yeah, yeah. um i love that yeah i guess a twist on like the discreet sleuth would be someone who wants to be discreet but can't like they're well, can't really well yeah. known and so their struggle would be to right 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 be, like under the radar and they would mm-hmm. not have, not be able to do that every single time. <laughs> right. <laughs> or maybe you tell the story like, like the Sherlock Holmes, the great detective mm-hmm. of it being about Sherlock. It's about Watson. Like maybe Watson had this right. Watson right. Character, secret detective life that they're brilliant at, but nobody right. knows. Right. Well, and like you could take like the rock star, like, which I did do pretty accidentally but um 
or any like famous person or big city person and you put them in a small town like so that's that fish out of water or you take the small town person and put them you know throw them into a situation that is totally out of their um, comfort zone element yeah Yeah, and comfort zone Mm -hmm. yeah okay and then the next one was just he said mix and match imagery and his example uh tim wagner's example was Zombies that move quickly instead of slowly. So that's like just a little tiny uh, change. And I yeah. think that could be like, like when you take the country house mystery and basically you transplant it and you put it on a boat or right. on a train or at a ski lodge or something. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I watched a, a Netflix movie the other night and I'm going to pull it up because I cannot remember the name mm-hmm. of it. Army of the Dead? Is it Army of the Dead? Um, it's it's new. It's one of their newer ones that has just come out. Yeah, Army of the Dead. And it's uh, with the guy from, um, oops, it's with the guy from um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. The big guy. I can't think of his name. But anyway, so Las Vegas has turned into zombie land basically Mm -hmm. but these zombies move out and they're like these hybrid zombies Mm -hmm. and actually like there's a relationship between the zombie king and queen like a a physical love relationship Mm -hmm. it's very and it so it's very different very very Mm -hmm. different it it was very very grotesquely and gratuitously bloody and (laughs) but it was great i loved it and i laughed because it is supposed to be kind of a black comedy and that's uh, funny yeah so yeah but it's that kind of thing you know where you take something that's different like you know and then that you could take you know like a wounded hero who's there's a movie but a wounded hero who's like a self-help guru you know there's that movie with jennifer aniston um yeah where i can't either either, but yeah you could do that you could do and that creates all kinds of conflict Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and for a romance you that would be yeah um, pretty awesome yeah write that down i might need to write that but um (laughs) (laughs) you can note to yourself right now yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah Yeah. and then um the last one was he said just put new clothes on around the trope and here's it's a this is a quote from him if you can figure out a trope and what lies at its core, you can basically put a new set of clothes on it. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought about this one, like when you were talking about the, um, the beach read, the neighbors. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of forced proximity, but not really. So it's not like really you're kind yeah. of taking that closest, but you're putting a new, um, new parameters around it. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and like in beach read too, not only is she having to deal with this, neighbor who she has a little history with thinks Mm -hmm. you know i mean thinks he doesn't remember her he Mm -hmm. does but she thinks he does but she's also dealing with this super personal issue uh painfully personal issue and that's Mm -hmm. why she's at the beach house in the first place so you know it's 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 kind of like it's almost like women's fiction wrapped in a romance mm-hmm. because she really is fe- dealing with it's really, really painful and super personal and stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, I yeah. mean, you could do that and, or like the paranormal women's fiction, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
people who have, um, you know, they've come up with this whole kind of midlife crisis meets women's fiction meets paranormal and which is fantastic. I mean, Mm -hmm. those books are great. And uh, so, you know, just there, 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 again, you need to know the rules and then you can break the rules and you can come up with your own sort of thing. Yeah. You can put your own twist on it. Yeah. 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 So I was thinking like, instead of a, like a gentleman sleuth, that's kind Mm -hmm. of, or a gentleman thief, that's kind Mm -hmm. of the trope Mm -hmm. you could have. Maybe I would like the, the gender swap would be like a female, but right. it might be more interesting to go female 80 year old. Right. 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 It's like crazy and weird that you wouldn't think yeah, of as long as you can so. make, make it believable right. enough that readers will go there with you. Right. You know? Right. Or Dexter. He's a police yeah. officer, but he's a serial killer, but he's a good yeah. serial killer because he only kills bad guys. I mean, you know, yeah. it's just yeah. like people that come up with stuff like that. I'm like, they're cheap. Yes. I'm, I don't know that I'm that twisted smart. Too. Yeah, very twisted. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, so just don't, I mean, like I said, on one hand, know the tropes, know them, but don't let them like put you in a box. You yeah. can experiment. You can try things. You just mm-hmm. have to, when you try them, like with Dexter, let's say, I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, that's total built-in conflict. He's a serial oh, killer, yeah. and he works for the, yeah. the police department. Like internal, yes, angst yes, yes. and conflict. Yeah. Yes. So, so when they when they did the mix and match, they did a mix and match that would create immediate conflict, immediate mm-hmm. problems, immediate mm-hmm. storylines, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so that's what you have to do when you when you when you're trying to mix and match and yeah. do these things do it in a way that's going to make it basically easy to write the story. I mean, that, that story sort of writes yeah. itself, you know, yeah, because, and, because it's fresh and different, yes, but it's yes. familiar, you know, yes. that's what people want. Right. I was thinking about like the subplot, the romantic arc of the, uh, the sleuth in the uh, investigating officer. And usually it's the female sleuth and the male investigating officer. Right. And he's, and, you know, I've read so many books with that situation that I'm over it. I want something different, but right. I was trying to think, how could you flip that? So you could change it so that the sleuth is a male and the investigating right. officer is a female. Right. So, you know, right. that would be different. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what they did with castle. You right. know, they, she's the investigating officer and the amateur sleuth mm-hmm. is castle. Right. You, know, you can do something like that. Um, I don't know. Anyway, just, just thinking about different ways that that could work. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or, or, you know, you have an, an ex-con who, you know, gets into amateur sleuthing or private detective work or, yeah. I mean, something like that where they're trying to right a wrong or, yeah. uh, you know, something like that. And Yeah. And then see, that gives you like almost a series arc. Yeah, absolutely. You, you have that's, you could take that beyond just one book. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, right. use your imaginations. We're writers. We have big <laughs> imaginations. We can do it. I'm yes. sure. So let's see, you had a, a book recommendation. Right? I do. I do. So there's a book on tropes called romance tropes and hooks by Karen winter. And it is great. Y'all it is everything. Like it makes my piddly list look like nothing. <laughs> um, 
because she really breaks it down uh, and kind of tells you what kind of, you know, what the trope involves. It, anyway, it's really good. You should. Yeah. So we will definitely have a link to that. Yeah. Yeah. And some of these other things that we talked about earlier. Yeah. We'll have some links in there, but probably not all of them because it take me all day. Yes. <laughs> yeah. so, so we'll have that. And then we are really curious. We want to know yes. what your favorite trope is to mm-hmm. write. Yeah. Or if you have any uh, ideas on reversing, mixing and matching, you know, anything like that. We would love to hear your thoughts on tropes and what your favorites are. So um, come on over to the Facebook group. We'll yeah, we're going to put a question in there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. let us know what you what your favorite tropes are. We'd love to hear your take on this. Yep. Yeah. So that's it this week. I hope you enjoyed it as we took a trip down Trope Road. And uh, <laughs> anyway, okay. one thing we really didn't talk about is how to use the tropes like in ad copy and yeah. blurbs. I mean, we did. I touched on it, but. I will say this, like when, when I'm doing my ads, I will put like in the, the, the headline, no, not the headline, the description, like mm-hmm. the thing that's right underneath, the, like on a mm-hmm. Facebook page, like right. on a Facebook ad, things right under the picture, the tropes, you know, a lot of times like rock star, good girl, small town mm-hmm. rom-com, you mm-hmm. know, or something like that, because that catches the eye of people who love those sorts of things. Those, plus yeah. rock star, good girl, that tells you it's an opposites attract mm-hmm. book right there. Um, or if I'm doing an Amazon ad, if I do copy, I will put the little beginning blurb of uh, rock, rock star. She's a small town Sunday school teacher. He's a bad boy rock god. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. I mean, there you go. You yeah, just, it's you just know, yeah, encapsulated right there. Yeah. All encapsulated. So when you're writing your copy and when you're writing your blurbs, uh, really kind of look at that. Also, your covers can signify what your tropes are uh, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, so that I think is really good to try to think about when you're, um, yeah. When yeah, you're designing covers, yeah, like stuff. it's like you have brides on mm-hmm. your covers. They're all yes. brides. I mean, that's kind of the theme, runaway bride. Yes. But yep. then it's very clear. Even the 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 trope in each book is clear yes. on each yeah. cover from yeah. just the clothes that the, the uh, models are wearing. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a reason that, like my English Village series, has cute little cottages and mm-hmm. stately homes because that's what people that I'm trying to attract will go right Ooh, right tell me more yeah yeah. You know? yeah so anyway I, th- I think that's something important to point out that it's not just in writing the book but mm-hmm. it's in when you're promoting the book and advertising the book you can really use the tropes for that too yeah so I have a quick question have you ever yeah. uh started with one trope and changed to another, or do you always know which one you're doing? Uh, I generally know which one I'm doing, but I have added. <laughs> like, you, my, huh? Yeah. My books really have just one trope in them. And I don't really yeah. know. I mean, most romance books, I think maybe have multiple tropes, but yeah, um, I haven't um, ever switched. I will tell you this though, the books that I don't know the trope of, have been much harder to write, much, much harder to write than, um, you know, 
the ones that I knew from the beginning, this is yeah. what this book is, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Or the or yeah. the ones I wasn't familiar with, like Running from the Law is a Surprise Baby and mm-hmm. Second Chance. And I didn't read a lot of Surprise Baby Second Chance books before I started writing that book. Mm-hmm. And I learned my lesson pretty mm-hmm. quickly with that because um, you really, even if it's not a trope you love, you sh- if you're going to write it, you should know. You should know mm-hmm. how to write it and you should really, because um, some tropes, it's easy to kind of veer off and make like for that one, uh, second chance surprise baby. Um, that could be kind of, I mean, like second chances sometimes can be kind of sad because a lot of right. times they broke up yeah. and it was bad and they carry a lot of baggage or whatever yeah. from it. And I hadn't really realized that until I was in the middle of writing that book. And I'm like, this book isn't as funny as the other books. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. Well, it's because of that, it's you know, more melancholy. Yeah. It's a little more melancholy. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, just something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking that like, I feel like, this very specific marketing to a certain trope is fairly recent. I would think yes. more indie authors are doing it yes. now in doing it really well in romance. So I have a feeling that it will come to all the other yeah. genres eventually yeah. because, you know, romance always leads with everything yep. they have, you know? Yep. So <laughs> I feel like that's not as well developed. And so I don't think about it as much mm-hmm. in my app copy and things, mm-hmm. or even when I'm writing, really, I just right. write the, I'm not thinking about the tropes, but I know what they are. So I'm just Mm -hmm. kind of incorporating them as I go. But I think that would be a different, I've never sat down thinking, well, one time I did sit down and think, okay, I want to write a book that has a body swap, you know, like Mm -hmm. the dead body Mm -hmm. is swapped Mm -hmm. for somebody else. And and so I have done that, but then you can't really market that because you're giving Mm -hmm. away a huge twist. So you can't do Right. Yeah. You have to think about like what will appeal and what, what will pull readers in that you can use in your blurb. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Anyway. Exactly. All right. Well, um, tell them where they can find out more about <laughs> okay, so we'll podcasts and everything. Yeah. So um, you can find all the links at wish I'd known them uh, podcast.com and come over to the Facebook group and let us know yep. your thoughts on tropes and your favorite tropes to write. And yes. thanks to Alexa Larberg for editing and producing the podcast. And we'll see y'all next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.